Welcome everybody to episode 4 of the Yard Arts Podcast by Grace Church. Uh, we are your hosts Ken and Marcus on this episode, um, but we've also got with us two special guests today, which I'll introduce um, straight away. We've got firstly Charlie and Justine. Uh, let's start with Charlie. Charlie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I've been going to Grace Church for around three years now. Um, my role inside Grace Church, I am part of the worship team, and I also teach at uh, Generations, which is a uh, yeah, just a youth group that we teach on Fridays. Um, yeah, and I am an accountant outside of church, yeah. so pretty boring stuff. No, no, it's not boring. <laughs> it's exciting and cool. Um, Justine, what about yourself? Um, so I've been going to Grace Church for my whole life. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been there for a while. Um, I serve like Charlie in the worship team and um, in Generations, so yeah, the youth Bible study. Um, and currently in life, I am unemployed and just looking for work. <laughs> and what work are you looking for? Um, work to be an oral health therapist. Okay, cool. Any people out there? help a sister out yeah. uh, and actually while on the topic Ken maybe people have been listening to this and they don't actually know what you do outside of this podcast you don't actually get paid to do this podcast do you? no no I don't I wish Marcus did have a bit of funding for that <laughs> um, outside of the podcast uh, I work at Telstra I'm currently I'm part of the graduate program and I'll be moving on soon um, and I work very closely a lot with devices and yeah it's good hmm. excellent so today, on today's episode, we are talking about everyday people learning and teaching scripture. Now, when we say learning, I think it's fairly common what, what it means to be learning something, especially when it comes to uh, learning a text or God's word and scripture. But when we use the word teaching, now teaching can be a little bit more of a uh, a controversial word because it's got many connotations and when it comes to this concept of who is teaching how they're teaching pe- person to person as well as church to church may have different views on this so I want to make sure we're all starting on the same foot for this particular episode um, so let me ask you guys um, Charlie to, for you what does teaching mean in the context of what you've been doing um, yeah so for me um I've never thought teaching to be the same as uh, me being a teacher at school and teaching the children. Um, I think it's something different. I think it's uh, in terms of teaching the Bible, it's more about yeah, just having a discussion. And yeah, because obviously uh, we don't understand the passage perfectly either. So it's good for us to yeah, just dis- to discuss the Bible, and, but make sure making sure that we uh, put boundaries around those discussions and that we make sure that uh, everything that's talked about ties back into the main point of the passage. Mm. Justine? Um, yeah, I just echo Charlie's mm-hmm. what he said. Um, but yeah, I just consider myself more as a facilitator, if anything. Um, and yeah, we just ask questions to like probe people's thoughts and get them thinking. Um, and that's about it. Ken, any thoughts? Yeah, my perspective of teaching, I think in our modern context as well, is more being able to share what we feel we're gaining from God's Word. So that if we've spent you know, a good hour, two hours reading God's where we think, oh, actually, I think I've understood this to a certain extent. I'm now able to talk to someone who has touched on the passage for the first time or hasn't really put 
it on that much, you know, that much uh, study into it as, as we, we would have. Uh, another option as well is kind of when you teach, it's, well, perhaps I figured out a way that I can apply God's word particularly for my life. And then I can share, well, maybe this is something that you might want to consider doing as well. Yeah. All right. So for everybody listening to this podcast, I'll give you an overview of where we're going to go um, with our guests today. We're going to talk about, well, firstly, the, the learning aspect, um, why we do that and how we do that. Then we're going to talk about the teaching aspect. Um, keep in mind the context that we've just heard and frame that when we talk about teaching. But why is it important and how do we do it? And then we're going to get into the more practical part of things. What have been our experiences? What have been our horror stories? What have been the wins? Uh, and finally, what's at stake here if we get this wrong or if we get this right? So very first question, I'm going to just open it up to the group in general, is why should we learn from God's word? Um, I think, yeah, uh, for me, what's most important is that when reading, um, yeah, like we try to have a relationship with God and it's important for us to grow in our relationship with God. Um, yeah, because, you know, uh, if we are Christians, if we believe in God, we want to, yeah, just to know him better. And reading the Bible is the best way to grow in our relationship. For example, um, the two books I've been reading in the past, Leviticus and Acts. Mm-hmm. Leviticus really shows how God is really holy and Acts kind of shows a lot of stories where God is uh, merciful. So yeah, reading God's word, um, understanding God's character is very helpful in, um, mm. in why we want to learn. Uh, I hope you don't mind if I take a bit of, steal a bit of time here, because mm-hmm. I think this is a topic I'm very passionate about. And I can't get enough of that idea of, well, we need to learn, but actually from God's word. And the first core reason is that God's word is an anchor for us. What's really tough in life is sometimes you, you go about thinking maybe you've done something right and you think you do it over and over and over and suddenly t- someone shows you a different way, whether it's how you're pouring your milk or just a little tip here and there and you go, oh, I've been doing it wrong all the time, but you never know and you were so convicted you were doing it the right mm. way the whole time. And so the Bible's that anchor to make sure actually what's right is right. Mm. Um, so in, in Joshua chapter 1, for example, Joshua's asked that he should meditate on God's word day and night so that he would not deviate from worshiping and following the Lord and that he would not deviate in guiding people in following God the way God wanted to be followed in his law, not the way that they thought they should follow God. Uh, In Deuteronomy, Moses lays out a law that says, well, the king should write on a scroll the law and carry it with him wherever he goes so that he will never forget that he serves God he will never see himself to be above the people and he will not deviate and guide his people astray. Because mm. the idea is really with, with us all the time, we can get our own emotions mixed in. We can really get excited. We want to go something in our own way and we don't realize it's wrong until we're there. And the Bible kind of holds us really as a big anchor there. Yeah. Uh, and then second, to continue on from Charlie, in, in John chapter 1, Jesus is equated as the word. He's called the word. It says in the beginning, there was the word. And it's because the Bible is a whole unfolding story about Jesus, meaning that if you read the Bible, you're reading to know Jesus. Uh, You can't learn from the Bible and not learn who Jesus is and what Jesus is like or what he's come for at the same time. Uh, And then lastly, of course, the Bible itself talks about how it's supposed to be used. And it says it's useful really for teaching, for telling someone off, Mm. for correcting, for training. It's really got 
kind of so many applications that, well, we should definitely learn from it. There's lots of stuff for us to use and teach others, but also for personally how we should live our lives. Yeah. Nah, I love that. I love reading. I love the point about reading for relationship. Um, to me, to know God is to love him. And ultimately, that's our ultimate goal, isn't it? Our goal is to love the Lord with all of our heart. Um, but it's very difficult to know what to love if we don't understand who he is, his nature. Um, so it really is to, to know God through his word, the natural reaction or the, the thing to follow from that is that affection and is that love for God. All right. Question number two is, how do we learn from God's word? Um, how do we learn? Uh, I think personally, I try to read the Bible over and over again. Um, sometimes when I read it the first time, everything can just go over my head and I won't retain anything. But yeah, I think um, reading it repetitively and also discussing it with others like um, the certain things that I read is really helpful just to flesh out any ideas ideas or thoughts I have but also I find like just praying while I read the Bible helps a lot since Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. no agree um a lot of the times learning and just developing theology is best done in community because a lot of times you know you might have been brought up reading something one way and it's only until you know you're 25 years old and you meet someone that says have you ever considered that it might be read in another way. And not to say that one is wrong or right, but it's understanding that scripture can be read um, from many different angles. And I think we, we, we owe it to ourselves and also in the future, I guess, to people that we're teaching to understand what are the different, different views. Uh, you said you read it, you try to read it multiple times. Do you have a certain place that you prefer to be reading the Bible or you do it like anywhere, all day, every day? So I, like when I do my usual quiet time, I try to do that in the morning, but I'll just read it at my desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I find that like if I read it on the train, sometimes it's just hard because like I can't focus when there's like too many things around me. Right. But solitary, <laughs> quiet place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I agree with uh, what Justin has said. Although I do read the Bible on the train, um, mm-hmm. I don't really get distracted that much. So zen. <laughs> zen, mode, zen. I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, praying before we read is definitely really helpful. Yeah. It helps us to yeah just go into that mindset of um, yeah time to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to be uh, yeah have to be in that mindset. Um, I think uh, some other things I've got. Uh, we can try to use external sources such as you know. Um, other uh, commentaries uh, those are quite helpful if we're not sure where to start but I guess a word of caution is that um, they're not God breathed like the Bible is mm. so we do mm. have to sometimes yeah run some checks over what it's, it's said in the commentary and yeah. I think the most important factor in learning is what the Bible prescribes is meditating or really just thinking about what you've read uh, a lot of people or well, most people are capable of reading and without deep, you know, theological college degrees and things, we can actually understand most of the Bible quite simply, you know, simple principles, love your neighbor and all that, but we don't do it. So many, many a time we understand, oh, I shouldn't get so angry so easily. And yet the next day, suddenly 
you know, I'm driving mm. and I get angry. And I think meditating is just not just reading because, you know, no one actually, well, very few people learn from just reading and reading and reading the same thing. Most people in school will, they'll practice it or the teacher will give examples and things like that. And so it's taking that time to actually think about it. So my, my encouragement is if you want to turn the Bible from just kind of a textbook looking kind of thing, well, you can actually turn it into something directly applicable to your life when you think about it, because that's when you put your life into that picture as well. And, and what's cool is like, you know, when Marcus, you mentioned, like, you don't have to be 25. Yeah, we, we see some of the kids that we teach, they have great perspectives on the Bible. Why? Because they just put their life into it. Uh, and for us, none of us actually are above 25. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, we, we read it and then we think about it and then we go, well, actually, I can see it as to how this, this works for me here. So it's really important, like, you know, when you do have that quiet time or you're trying to kill some time, don't be too quick to try to pick up your phone and entertain yourself or, or quite try to be distracted and have a think about what the Bible said or have a think of something you read and go, well, actually, now that I've spent some time to think about it in my life, maybe I've learned something. Mm. So apart from Justine's excellent point about developing theology in community, most of what we've just discussed can be done by yourself, right? So that's been a lot about the learning part of things. I want to move us into the teaching part of things. Um, but before we even go into the how, as always, it's very important to go into the why. So I'm going to open this up to the group. But why is it so important that we are actually not just learning, but we're also teaching God's word? Uh, I think I'd love to preface this with the fact of that's just how the Bible was constructed. It's, it's made back in a time where only 10% of the people could read. And so the Bible was always written and constructed in such a way that someone would read it and tell it to someone else. And that person who heard it will tell it to another person. Because when Paul wrote a letter, it went to one church, but that letter was to be circulated across all churches and communicated from the person who could read to the church. And they were able to encourage each other and remind each other of it from what they had heard. So I think the most important part of why do we teach the Bible is that actually we likely are more capable and we respond better when someone else is speaking about it to us and when we can actually share it with other people because we go, well, actually, God's given me a message and it's important, but it's incomplete unless I actually share it because that's not the full picture. I think for me, um, yes, teaching, this goes back uh, to, I think, year 12. Um, I remember one of my teachers said to me, well, you know, if you understand the concept, then you should be able to teach it to other people. And I was, at the point, I was just like, well, that's only true. I can understand it, but I don't, I'm not a good communicator. I don't have to teach it out. But then um, I think gradually as I went through uni, I think I felt like it made gradually it made more and more sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think teaching the Bible, yeah, it really does that. It, it really shows me um, if I can teach it, then I've got a pretty good understanding of it. But if I can't, then there are some areas where in the passage where I will need to kind of tie things up. And isn't that a good litmus test as well as when you're coming up against something that you yourself are struggling, that is a good indicator that probably is something, a question that someone else mm. is also mm. having as they're yeah. reading it alongside <clears throat> you. Mm. Yeah, no, same as um, Charlie. I've heard that in high, high school as well, like <laughs> <laughs> the true test, if you really know it. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think um, and you teaching it to someone else and when they catch you out or like they ask a question, it really like shows you what you need to like brush up on. And, yeah. yeah, 
to me, why it's so important um, is because I think God in his, in his design for how he wants to reveal himself to, to people or to humanity, he's chosen the medium of words. So, he, you know, I'm not an artsy or creative person, but in his sovereign will, maybe in another alternate reality, maybe he would have chosen music or he would have chosen um, the arts or he would have chosen, you know, Morse code to communicate to his people, but he's chosen um, words. So I think as followers of Jesus and as people that we consider ourselves to be God's people, um, we, we go along, we, we, we meet God in the medium that he's chosen to reveal himself as the primary means. I mean, he's done it through a human revelation through Jesus Christ, but he's also done it through words and not just in a post-Christ um, context, but even pre-Christ, um, God has always been one to communicate to the nation of Israel and ultimately to the, to the world um, through that medium of words. And that's why I think we have to do it justice um, by all means, learn to um, hear from God through other means such as, you know, the arts and, um, I don't know, food or <laughs> logic and science. But I think we, we do ourselves and the rest of the world a disservice if we neglect the main medium that God has chosen mm-hmm. to reveal himself mm-hmm. to us. I think just wanting to add is, if teaching sounds like something that's too intimidating, I think it, it could be so because you might not feel like you're capable of explaining or maybe you don't quite understand it yourself to teach. So another option is that, well, if you're not teaching, everyone can share God's word. And, and, you st- and so if you are not a teacher or not someone, because the Bible can be quite hard to understand at times, you can still share what you're learning or share what you've read. So if someone's taught you, it means then you can share it with someone else. It might not be a teaching, but that will still be really valuable for someone to hear. Now we're going to get into something maybe a little bit more difficult in application, but it's more to do with the how. Maybe this is from your own personal experience with uh, generations, uh, or maybe even something outside of that that you've learned over time. But how do we teach God's Word? And I want you guys to get stuck into the absolute minute detail of what you might think is you know, taken for granted, everyone should know this. I mean, it's, isn't it obvious mm-hmm. that you start off with this? But I think for a lot of us, we don't actually know what that involves. So take us to the very start of the whole process of wanting to teach God's Word. So we would choose a passage to teach. Um, Right now in Generations, we're doing Matthew. So we've gone through that for quite some time now. But we'll usually um, choose a book and finish it in its entirety. Okay, so you've you've committed to a portion of scripture. You're not jumping around from book to book, like halfway through and then picking up something else. Mm, Yeah. Okay. What happens after that? (laughs) So we would break down the book in like sections. We pr- probably, um, it's a bit too much to handle like, well, I don't know, maybe there's very good readers out there like that can just finish the whole book in one sitting, but we take like a chapter and just go through it f- for the week. 
and just handle scripture in smaller chunks mm. or yeah yes yeah, smaller <laughs> chunks that are just easier to digest but yeah in bible study we would read it a couple times so read it about three times just to really get it to um, sink in in a sense now before we even move on i want to pick up on something that you said is that you've before you want to teach from a book you want to have yourself an understanding of what the book is about right what are the mm-hmm. themes that might be explored in the book what, what's the main message of it and maybe to you guys that feels normal but for a lot of us we might just jump straight into a book mm-hmm. like let's just start you know let's just start philippians one we don't actually know what it might be about um and i think that's important because We've been trained, like we've all done English at school. Um, and when you pick up a text to study, they'll say to kill a mockingbird covers on these themes. Now, don't ask me what the themes are, but we would have <laughs> had discussed that probably at the start of the year. But for some reason, when it comes to Bible and scripture, a lot of the times we just like, we just dive straight into it. And sometimes we're like, why isn't this clear to me? And like, mm. why aren't I understanding the context and all of these things? But I think it's, it's useful to, to have a little bit more of a big picture idea of what that letter or what that particular um, book might be about. So yeah, I think that's a really good point that you raised. Right. So we've got the choosing of the text. We've got the understanding of the, the big pictures. Um, what happens after that? I think... Importantly, when you come to teach, then the passage is to build your own conviction. Uh, most people aren't very excited to share stuff that they don't care about. Mm-hmm. And so when we've spent kind of two hours, three hours reading as to what it says, and we get this main idea of whether it's simple or it blows our mind or we've had an application, we often read it, well, I think that's for me, I hope it's the same with everyone. <laughs> hey, this is something I, I would love for someone else to know. And I think that's the spark that goes, okay, well, how then do I share it? So in the sense of that preparation, but also more reading to personally want to live it out and realizing that benefit, that makes me really want to share it. So I think that leads then to how do I teach it? Well, I now have the motivation to go and share it. Mm. And I have something in mind that I feel like I really want people to know. And now it's time to kind of map out how we get there. But maybe Charlie, I might handball that that to you because I've heard you've got a pretty decent model as to how to get there. Uh, yeah, so the model that I've tried to follow and we've all tried to follow is uh, called Coma. Mm-hmm. So easy to remember. Context, observation, meaning, and application. And in that order. So um, yeah, context, obviously very important to, the, to understand the context of the passage before we go through it. Observation, important to observe uh, yeah, key points in the passage and then meaning to understand the passage in itself and then apply the passage in our own lives. But I would like to start off with a P for prayer because uh, it's important that we pray before we read the passage. So mm. P coma. Into P coma. Okay. <laughs> Very useful. Yeah. With context though, Charlie, what kind of things are you looking for when you're, when you're saying context? Is it like a physical setting or? Um, I think a mixture of uh, just important parts to notice. For example, um, you know, for example, in the passage that we did in a few weeks ago in Matthew, um, it was important to note whether the whether the passage was written to a Jewish audience or was it to a mm-hmm. Gentile audience or was it to 
also Jesus speaking to his disciples because mm. the way that Jesus talks throughout, just as an example, obviously, the way Jesus talks to different people is different. And we need to make that distinction first before we try to understand understand how we would kind of unpack the passage. So, great. Yeah. And I think there's also maybe um, societal context and historical context. Um, there might be mentions of particular occupations or, you know, classes of citizens that to us today are quite jarring. It's like, what do you mean by the word slave? What do you mean by um, chains and imprisonment? Like, these aren't things that I might be dealing with in my context, but I think that's when it's important to then understand, oh, okay, the, the author might be someone that is dealing with that in his context back then, um, and then to draw... Um, I guess the interpretation or to draw meaning from that, it's important that we don't view it with a necessarily a 2019 context, but it's important to see where they're coming from. Uh, and then probably one of the really important contexts to be looking is um, the, I guess, where it's seated on the page um, in that it's really important to not just study the text, but sometimes it's as simple as looking one chapter before and one chapter after and sometimes that changes the whole the whole way you frame the text and it gives it really rich or richer context rather than when we're focused on the one particular piece of text yeah local context is so important and we worked through this the other day because if you get the context wrong then the whole meaning of the passage Mm. you might get off Uh, for example jesus is talking to the disciples when he says this actually well if someone who's really unwilling to repent you might treat them like a pagan or a tax collector and it's important for us to say that, well, he said that to the disciples, because if he said that to any other Jew, well, they hate pagans and hate tax collectors. But we go back a few chapters, well, we see Jesus is the one who's dining with tax collectors, and he's meeting with people who aren't Jews. Um, so he's not telling the disciples, well, you should exercise hate. But actually, well, these are people that aren't quite part of the church, and so context changes the whole thing. Mm. Then what happens when we move it into an application stage? What are the ways that we might want to do that with the text? Everyone's kind of pointing to me here on this one. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's hard. We have to really control our urge to go, I've got something good, a good idea in my head. Mm. Uh, we really need to start with the interpretation and go, well, now that we've understood that this passage was written for this audience and Jesus wanted to say this message to them, then we need to take that message and turn it into our lives. We can't just go, well, I think it's a good idea for me to be a good person. One, because, well, it might not be a wrong thing, but actually you might not have any substance to fuel you to do that. After a while you go, well, I don't feel like doing that anymore, and you'll stop. So with application, uh, it can go start definitely from the main idea. Well, you know, Jesus' parables, for example, says, well, everyone should take a lowly position and, and be humble in the way we treat one another. Uh, so he's saying that to a Jewish audience, but sure, for us, our sake, we can go, well, who might be lowly in position in our society? Is it you know, people who we view aren't so capable, whether it's physically or mentally? Uh, could it be a race thing sometimes in the place that you live in? Uh, from, from there, you can look at as well people to emulate uh, or not emulate. So we see the disciples stumble all over the place and fall over all the time, and the, and the Bible's mm. not saying, well, be like them. But we can kind of relate and go, well, we stumble all the time, and yet Jesus is quite kind to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing we can emulate then is, is the grace that Jesus shows. Mm. Uh, so aside from emulating and kind of looking at main points, uh, sometimes the Bible is really explicit and goes, you should do this. Mm. 
uh, for example, as I mentioned before, meditate on the word day and night. And it's not a, oh, maybe it's a way I can apply it in a very different way. No, it, it says think about God's word mm-hmm. all through your life. Mm-hmm. And that's non-negotiable. So there's quite a lot of different ways to apply there. Uh, but when we're, we're sharing with people about how do we encourage others to apply, we often try to go, well, have a think of some options where people might struggle or have a think of some options of what it looks like today and have a think of some options of what would it look like to change in light of what Jesus shared, for example. And so actually getting applications together becomes more of a brainstorming session than a, mm. this is how I'm telling you you should follow Jesus. Mm. I find what helps me in terms of basic reasoning is to almost go to the other extreme when you're trying to figure out what the text might be saying is something to do or to be applied. Um, sometimes I start off at the other end and say, what's something that this text is not actually telling me to mm. do? Uh, let's off the top of my head, you know, for example, meditate day and night. To me, I could come up with an incorrect application such as, oh, the text is telling me to meditate once a year, right? And to me, that would be an incorrect application of the text, simply just drawing from the logic of the words. But that's, I guess, in the same way that I selected my career, I did it by process of elimination, right? So what does it not mean? Um, That you sort of use that as a starting point to work your way towards finding out what it might mean. So we're talking about how we've been doing teaching. Um, I want to get into something that might be a bit more anecdotal um, from all three of you guys. And that's mostly in the context, perhaps in your uh, teaching experience with Generation. Uh, Ken, maybe it's in your context of teaching these guys, uh, but also the the rest of the the guys that populate, um, the the rest of the guys at Generations. But what has been your experiences from learning to teach in the theoretical sense and then finding out what it looks like in the real and practical sense? And we can go anywhere with this. Horror stories, amazing (laughs) victories life-changing moments anything goes um yeah so for us as leaders i feel like it's good that we go through and meet just as a leaders on wednesday before we teach a passage on the friday that way um the person who leads it on wednesday can go through the questions and if they're okay or if they need some work on for example uh i led it a few weeks ago and one of the questions i had uh, to begin the passage which was what are the characteristics of children? And I was specifically looking for kind of the good characteristics, which was that they take on a lowly position. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, um, for the next minute and a bit, people just kept on saying all the bad things to do. They, they're selfish, they cry a lot. And I was just like, not what I was looking for. Um, so I guess that was pretty helpful because then on the Friday, I was like, okay, well, Maybe cut down that question and think yeah. of another other questions yeah. that could work. So it's good to have, like, I guess Wednesday was kind of like the plan, kind of planning on um, mm. how we'll work through the Friday so that we'll, on the Friday will be a better experience yeah. for the other people. Nice. Good round of initial feedback. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, during Bible study, like, I find it difficult 
to engage people. So like I might yeah have planned out all these questions. It might have run really well on Wednesday and people were like, you know, getting yeah, all the thoughts flowing and mm. stuff like that and really um, contributing to discussion, but then I'll come to the Friday yeah. and then it'll be like a dead silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember like when I used so I led the younger groups, so year seven to ten for a bit with mm. um Charlie. And like they're in an age where I don't know how like engaged with the Bible like they might be. So it happened quite a bit. There'd be a lot of silences mm. and you kinda get yeah deal with it and mm. just roll with mm. it but yeah it can be quite hard yeah i think one, one of the really fun things about teaching is how kind of various it could be and it's very exciting because uh we've got the we've got the blessing of having men in our group and and, and sometimes when, <laughs> when say charlie charlie and justine are, are leading and, and they kind of talk through the study with me because you know they, they want to build my guidance and still leading it and they're asking a question and suddenly Sorry, like, well, it's a great question because to have someone like me, he, he throws an absolute whack question out there mm. that no one's thought of and it stops everyone in the tracks and they go, well, actually, yeah, why is it like that? Or, Hold on, really? Is this character in the Bible a moron? Uh, and, and we just stop and we really think. Um, and, and having that's really exciting because you go, well, actually, now that I'm sharing it with others, I'm seeing a lot more than I did on my own. So I get really excited because half the time when I teach, I'm learning more myself mm. than I think the other people are getting from, from what I'm what I'm saying. Uh, another exciting part is really just developing. I think as much as we try to read the Bible and and read you know strategies on how to teach, most of what I've learned has been from examples. And that's been really, yeah, really awesome to just kind of have that. I remember five years ago when I first started, it was just someone gave me a, a page of questions and I tried and, you know, yeah, you get the crickets, you get, mm. sometimes you don't know anything and, and suddenly just from practicing, you feel more comfortable in your own skin. You feel that you know that you have a greater knowledge of the Bible and, and teaching just gets more more exciting because you get to go deeper and deeper and the further, and I think that's why we appreciate our Wednesday nights as well because mm. we get to go a little bit further in, I think, on Wednesday sometimes than we get mm. on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, for me, one thing I'll share in terms of a, um, a good experience was uh, earlier this year I got um, a bunch of new leaders to start thinking about preparing studies and leading the group and I could see the look in their eyes when I asked them at the start of the year it was like I was asking them to climb Mount Everest um, but we, we just had two weeks where uh, Alex led uh, our group through um, portions of Acts and he absolutely nailed it he was on point he did his homework he had good questions um, to draw out, you know, things like the, the meaning and the, the context mm-hmm. in that time. And I think he probably also surprised himself. Um, and a lot of the times I think with teaching, it really is just about that. You've just got to take that first step, give it a go, and then you realize mm-hmm. this is not Mount Everest. This is not necessarily easy, but it's something that God gives us his grace to be able to do. And we know that perfectly because it is in his perfect will for us to be passing on his word and teaching it to others um, in a faithful manner so good work alex um and i think i think i think you guys also when i asked you guys hey i want to get you guys on the podcast and talk about teaching i feel like you guys also 
for a second second guess yourself in that do I really have something that's that valuable to, to share with people that listen to this podcast but I think what's really valuable is that you guys choose to obey in the midst of sometimes what is a lot of second guessing of yourself um, but you remain faithful to teaching God's word so I say well done but it's not really what I think that matters but I think you guys are doing things uh, for God's kingdom and I think we should really celebrate that um, at the same time so we're going to finish off with some final takeaways so what is one thing that you want to leave uh, the audience with let's start with you Charlie quite simple I guess read the Bible more Um, yeah just finding time whenever whenever during the day you have a set of free time uh yeah just pick up the bible have a read of it obviously that's the best way for us to uh, grow as christians um yeah and it's just good to uh have a habit of reading the bible every day Mm. ken uh the key takeaway for me will always be let's share god's word with one another whether you can teach whether you can't if you're just sharing hey i read something interesting today or what do you think about this? You're encouraging someone to grow in their faith and in their knowledge of God. And that's really important because sometimes we're not motivated on our own or sometimes we get it wrong. And so the more people we involve in talking about God's word, that's really where that fellowship perspective comes in. We're going to pursue Jesus together and talking about God's word is absolutely essential to that. Um, I think my one takeaway is you don't need to know everything. I think... But yeah, at church, we're one big family and mm. that means we just help each other to understand things as well. Like you're not on your own when you teach and it's perfectly fine, like asking for help, like I need help. But <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's totally fine. So I think if you're going into a teaching role, just do it and it'll be fine. And you have people to help <laughs> help you. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for. Uh, a huge thank you, especially um, to our two guests Charlie and Justine, but also thanks to Ken. Thanks for all of your time listening to this podcast as well. You on the other side of this microphone. That's all for episode four of the Young Adults Podcast by Grace Church. <laughs>